When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to EW's Binge Podcast on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, or as I like to call it, RuPaul's Drag Race, some stars. I'm your host, Joey Nolfi, EW's Drag Race Beat Reporter. And I'm EW's Digital News Director, Jillian Cedarholm, and yes, I am currently holding a stolen vase between my legs as a Kegel exercise. (laughs) It's going to shatter soon. We'll see how long you can hold it. Um, Ouch. Today, Carly Producer Muse also snuck in contraband, a.k.a. recording materials, just because we're joining you live as we broadcast from the old folks' home with star resident Jane Krakowski. Thank you, Carly. Yeah, I almost didn't get in past the metal detectors, but I think we're going to be okay. (laughs) They didn't pick up on Jillian's glass vase um, that she snuck in either. So, I mean, this place has no security. Um, But what about you, Jane? Are you holding up okay? I'm allergic to wig dander. (laughs) Well, dear listeners, we hope you have a big, wet smile ready for us because today's episode is a bigger treat than a carrot from the Easter Bunny. Joining us later, we'll have Jujubee and Belair St. Clair to help us recap All Stars 5, which contains one of the biggest plot twists in the franchise history. It's going to be difficult to fit them into the old folks' home too, but we'll find a way. And we really need to be slick about it because we also have to sneak in All-Stars 5 winner Shea Coulet, who joins Jillian later for a special solo interview on her best moments from the season. And this all started, and this whole season, we can trace back all the drama to when season three queen India Farah sashayed back into the workroom. Prison, honey. In a Miss Cracker Fabergé eggshell, the season broke from tradition in so many ways. We had 10 contestants competing in typical All-Stars challenges like Snatch Game of Love, the talent show, and song and dance numbers. But the gaggiest gag came in the form of a drastic alteration to the format in which the top queen of the week would lip sync against a returning lip sync assassin from the show's past. If the top queen won, her lipstick would determine the eliminated queen. If she lost, a vote by the group of remaining queens decided the ousted lady that week. I do not miss explaining that in every one of my news posts from All Stars 5. (laughs) Uh, Jillian, what did you think of the format change? No, hearing you explain that now sounded just as convoluted as when RuPaul explained it the first time. Once, I think once we saw it, it made perfect sense. sense. And yeah, and I, I really liked that it did 
seemed like it was gonna raise the stakes in a new and interesting way. Although I guess by the end, every top queen had voted the same exact way as the group. So Mm -hmm. it really didn't create any drama after the fact, although we got plenty of drama. Um, The thing that I really, really loved was the lip sync assassins. I was so excited to see people come back. Um, I had so much fun doing a little weekly guessing game after you saw a sliver of ankle the week before teasing who that was going to be. And I had actually watched this season live before we did the season 11 podcast. So this was my introduction to Evie Oddly, who just immediately won me over. And then I became so obsessed Mm. with on season 11. Mm. So I still have my lock screen on my phone is still a Evie in this performance. And it's still that on my phone to this day. So love that. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Her doing her little hump thing, like humped over, hunched over, like troll. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I mean, I'm obviously not allowed to spoil anything for you as it is, but I knew that revealing who that lip sync assassin was, you would have killed me if I would have done that. And But then you would still ask me. You'd be like, well, is it this person? Is it this person? And I'd be like, Jillian. No, I mean, I like to test you. I wanted to get clues out of you. It was like my own little mass singer, but on Drag Race. (laughs) Um, Producer Carly, would you have spoiled it for Jillian? Yes. Yes, I would have ruined it. This is why we don't speak off the pod. (laughs) This is why I'm not allowed to our meetings. This is, okay, this is juicy drama. We're stirring it up. We had juicy drama this season as well. Did you love that? Look at that segue that I just did. Oh, ha, I'm acting. Um, Derek Barry and India Farah, though, had a past spat involving India's online rants. Uh, Her doing, she did a song, I think, about Nebraska, Derek's partner and she like called her a pig in a wig or something. You called her a pig in a wig. I'm still also confused on this drama. I think it's so convoluted. Um, But there is some truth there, uh, of course. But the two generally just clashing. Jillian, how did you feel about kicking the season off with baked in drama that started before the season, spilling over into the first episode from the outside world. Yeah, it definitely had shades of All-Stars 1, Alexis and Mimi bringing their outside drama, but Mm -hmm. this whole episode felt like a backdoor pilot for the Las Vegas review season and all the drama that Derek and Nebraska inflicted on that in a great way. I'm actually a really big fan of that series. So to me, I thought it was a lot of fun, and I'm all for more Derek Berry drama in my life. I think the show should always have more baked in drama. Like when season five, when you already had Alyssa Edwards and Coco coming into that season with their own drama and then repeating that drama with their all-star season, I think all seasons should have more drama happening before we even get to set. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I mean, and more baked in drama, more baked goods. I miss that cake dress challenge. Um, I want to see that again, just because I liked looking at the cake. Um, I'm just on a roll with these segues today. Oh my you God. really I'm are. out of myself. Um, <laughs> no, when things settled down, we had standout moments like Angina leaving the competition a little bit earlier than everybody else had anticipated when she voted for herself. She felt really defeated by her, her performance. Uh, Mayhem Miller also voted for herself to leave after feeling overwhelmed by the competition. Jujubee won her first ever challenge after three seasons for her performance in the interior design challenge. And with her, Shea Coulee and Miss Cracker dominating what appeared to be a season that was running smoothly so far, 
in a last-ditch attempt to save herself from Shay choosing her lipstick for an elimination, India just threw a wrench into everything, claimed that Alexis Mateo and Mayhem had tried to get her to vote Shay Coulee out of the competition. And this really took over the narrative of the season in a way that I haven't really seen anything do before. I mean, this was multiple episodes. The story was weaving in and out of. So Jillian, what are your initial thoughts on that drama and how it played out across the season? Yeah, this was such a gag, but I was really here for the initial mystery scandal of how it how it would play out and wanting to go back and rewatch the first couple of episodes to see if you could see anyone conspiring in the background that we missed yes. the first time and <laughs> then just eagerly awaiting if the producers were going to drop some secret footage at the finale or not. So that part of it was really exciting, but then the part where all of the queens and and myself started to really question Alexis, this queen I had adored in every single season was really difficult and I didn't want to have to question her character. And then I think Juju spoke for all of us when she was choosing her lipstick and said, is Alexis the villain? I was, you know, wondering the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally felt that I got, I guess I got the resolution I needed. I feel like it's, some kind of communication breakdown. I don't yes. really think it was. I don't think Alexis was campaigning, and I don't necessarily think India went in with with this plot in mind, but um, I am still just always going to be curious of what happened. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I think that there is, there is, I don't think anybody is outright lying, and I don't think that, you know, regardless of what happened, I don't think that India thinks she is lying um, on the same sense, because I feel like it's like you're saying, it's a communication breakdown. Like it might've been something like where Alexis might've just been joking and said, you know, Oh, Hey, did you vote for her? Like as a joke or something, or I don't know, but it's very hard to, even in this scenario to see somebody accused of orchestrating a campaign like that. And then the cameras didn't get it, you know, Like that would have been something if you were the kind of person who was going to campaign on a national nationally televised show, you would have made sure to do it in front of a camera or set it in a confessional. Like you wouldn't have just let it happen. So um, I don't know. It just, it's, it's very strange. I I think that India believes that that was said to her in, I I don't know. It's, it's I mean, I also, I just, I think that if Alexis had gone in with this, strategy, I think Alexis could have achieved getting Shay out. Alexis is so charismatic. Alexis knows these queens so well. There were so many older season queens there that definitely also would have been like, yeah, let's stick together. That if this was a campaign, then I just feel bad at how bad Alexis was at it. But I don't believe she would have been. Yeah. and Because, I mean, Shay really was, I mean, even before the season started, it really was kind of everybody was talking about, like, this is Shay's season to lose. And I know that that's unfair to a lot of the other queens who were uh, competing, that that narrative was out there. But it was still the narrative that was out there. Everybody sort of expected Shay to steamroll the season. So... And I, I can't imagine that the Queens didn't feel that as well going into the season. So, uh, yeah, it would have made sense for Alexis to do that. But if she did, there's no way that we wouldn't have have seen it or, or seen some footage of it. So it's just it'll be one of the great drag race mysteries that will never be resolved, uh, like the great wig stealing uh what do you want to call it? Wig stealing gate of season 11. We'll just, we'll never know. We will never know. 
Or if Tammy Brown's dad actually fucked Marlena Dietrich. We will never know. The great mystery of this season of EW's Binge. You're a liar. And this is why Derek don't like you. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it, it always makes me think, we talk so much about the current crop of queens in current seasons of the show sort of over monitoring their behavior so as not to draw ire from the fans. And I think India, if she is lying, let's just say, because I guess we, we really don't know for certain, really just gauged success by how long you stay in the competition. But is it worth sacrificing that integrity, hurting another person just to remain in the competition longer and bolster your report card? And I'm not saying that is what India weighed in her mind, but if she was hypothetically someone did that hypothetically somebody did what you know people are accusing india of doing and sort of hijacking the narrative in that way is it worth that do you think i think it depends on your goal because i think she successfully got people talking and generated quite frankly more interest in herself after being eliminated than she would have if she had just come back after several seasons and been pretty good and gone home before the top four um, I think that, unfortunately, she never was going to be the charming fan fave when you're up against people like B and Alexis. Um, I think her backstory was being traumatized by a lip sync in her past season. And you're never going to hold a candle to Shay's traumatizing lip sync in a past season redemption yeah. arc. Um, we lost Derek Barry so early. So why not then become the chaos queen of the season? Mm-hmm. I think in that regard... People are going to be asking her about this for years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, you know, definitely go to a meet and greet and pay hundreds of dollars just to ask her one more time to tell us what really happened. So honestly, I mean, if this whole thing w- were concocted by her and Alexis, I would be really impressed. I mean, I don't believe that is and I don't believe either of the extremes that have been suggested about either side from fans is actually the case. But if it were, I do respect it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the real truth is that Jillian and I are actually conspiring to get Carly producer Muse out of the picture. So we will be pulling your lipstick shortly. Well, good luck finding it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I also loved Alexis and Shay reading their SheMZ scripts to each other for the first time. That was one of my favorite moments of the season. It was a little after their workroom clash, after Alexis voted for Shay to go home and Shay called her out. It's like the Jenny McCarthy, Tara Reid interview. That's how it reminds me or what it reminds me of. And um, it it's also reminds me fondly of just going back and forth on EW's binge podcast every day with Jillian. I hope you stay married. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is a rare instance where the all-stars format switch for snatch game of the love has actually worked. I really enjoyed this version of this challenge, especially Jujubee's Eartha kit is one of my favorite Snatch Game performances, if not my favorite Snatch Game performance of all time. And the iconic quote when asked how she would warm Jeffrey Boyer Chapman up, she said, I would sensually walk to the thermostat (laughs) and turn up the thermostat to a sensible 74. Now, Jillian, that is... I mean, you cannot argue with the excellence of that quote. How do you feel about the Snatch Game of Love this season? 
74 is a little warmer than I'm comfortable. Okay, so yeah. So that's Great. number one. But Juju V is so naturally funny and quick. I was just so, I mean, we already know this about her, and she just really pulled it out in this one. She It looked like she was barely paying attention during a lot of it. Like she was like flirting and really getting into like her character with Flava Flav. And then still just like yes. was out of the, you know, corner of her ear, like listening to what Jeffrey was asking her and so quick in her comeback. So it really was so impressive. But I also was truly blown away by Shay making such an out of the box character choice with Flava Flav. I think it was a spot on person to pick for someone who would be in a, ba- in a in a dating game obviously that's a big thing that he is known for later in his career but just the fact of doing that character on snatch game trying to win a date with jeffrey boyer chapman i thought was really inspired and um alexis as walter mercado was also so oh, funny and I, if the yeah. three of them had been paired i think this would oh, have been just like an yes. all-time snatch game and then we can just uh-huh. forget the other happened <laughs> when she says um to cragger it was my question dumb bitch yes. <laughs> yes. so good so good and in the end after all of that shea coulee was crowned our winner and jujube and miss cracker helped her make one of the strongest top threes if not the strongest top three ever i think regular season or all-stars jillian how do you feel about the finale yeah, it was it was really great to see Shay's whole arc. I mean, as you said, like going in, people were already saying this is Shay's to take. And then she just walked in. It reminded me a lot of Chad Michael's journey in season one, All-Stars One, where she came in just with an attitude of, I did everything right on my season except win. And here I am to complete my journey. Thank you for the crown. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um I just, what does Jujubee need to do to win this show? Like, she is no. such an all-star, like, always. But at the same time, like, it just felt like Shay was the natural winner. But it was it was really great to see all of them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Jujubee, though, I'm not going to complain about seeing Jujubee on multiple seasons. Every time Jujubee loses a crown, that just means I know she's going to be back. So <laughs> yeah. I, not com- I can very selfishly not complain about that. All right, let's not waste any more time on Shea Coulee's 14-inch Flavor Flav clock. We will be right back with our All-Stars 5 recap with Jujubee and Blair St. Clair, followed by a special solo interview with Miss Coulee herself. G46. Don't sashay away just yet. EW Binge Podcast will be back right after this. everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Jillian, you know what 
the guys in the audience listening are probably thinking right now, we want these girls to pillow fight. Should we have an audio pillow fight? I think we should, but I'm going to fill my pillowcase with potato salad full of raisins just in case we work up an appetite. Oh my God, we're having a pillow fight. Um, I, I think we need more girls to do this with us, though. Um, good thing we have a record number of guests today. We have Amber, Ellen, Eartha, Jujubee, and Blair St. Clair. Um, would you guys like to join us for a pillow fight and a round of uh, Cut the Pickle? Yeah. <laughs> yes, why not? All right, Jujubee, are you going to ask us to cut the pickle? You want to cut the pickle? Hey, Blair, you want to cut the pickle? <laughs> would you like, would you like to cut oh the pickle? God. Wait, do we, did I, was I cutting the pickle? Oh yeah. No, pickle. you were. Cut what cracker pickle? was cutting the pickle? <laughs> she was, I was trying to get cracker oh, to cut the pickle. Oh yeah. She was going to go nowhere near the pickle. I thought Ertha <laughs> was going to say it there for a second. I was getting scared. She's not here yet. <laughs> She's, we'll, we'll get to her. <laughs> Um, no, thank you guys so much for being here. It really is a pleasure to speak with you. This season was so much fun. It had so many people talking uh, at a time when we were all pretty much devastated. It was a very entertaining uh, way to get through quarantine. So thank you for that. And um, I don't mean to start the podcast off on this note. It's really a serious topic and I feel weird bringing it up, but I just have to come out and ask Jujubee, why the hell do you keep coming back? Um, it's like, uh, uh, that's really, that's really, it's like, her I was, it's you know, I, I was, I was trying to tell you telepathically and you caught it and thank you so much, Blair. Cause that's literally, you're welcome. That's, that's why I'm here. There's treatments for it, but no cure. <laughs> it just keeps coming back. I would never want to cure us from a jujube infestation. That is what I love so much. I want more of it. Um, now, Blair, are you are you holding a notebook and flipping pages for notes for what to say for this podcast? Um, duh, like, <laughs> duh, of course, always. And, and it is actually a WoW Presents World of Wonder notebook, nonetheless. <laughs> this, this, was, this was my huge, big, amazing I Christmas gift from World of Wonder. And I'm I'm so grateful. I, I got I, one too. Did you? I did. And I used well, I it. I didn't. Wow. I don't feel as spe- <laughs> Oh, no, just kidding. I, I didn't get the sense of I, I, I felt so loved that I got a notebook for Christmas. But, you know, here, here we are with multiple people getting <laughs> I mean, the same thing. I shouldn't have said anything. But we have to congratulate you both on the accomplishments of the last year. I mean, Jujube, all of the music that you've put out, Blair, your evolution to salon owner. I mean, it's just been really great to see what you guys have been able to do in the past year. Um, so Jujube, is this podcast, is it like Twink Heaven for you though? I know how much you love two twinks. In yeah. yeah, it is. It is. And, and people at home can't see these beautiful twinks right now. So I feel really special. Well, Jillian and I feel really special, don't we? <laughs> Jillian is rolling her eyes so hard. You know, I'm still not totally sure if it's a slur Wait, people, or not. People so can't see us? I'm exiting the conversation. No, <laughs> no it's, twink is not a slur. Is twink a okay. slur? People can't see us. I didn't You're in full drag. That. I mean, Blair is yeah, a woman. Literally. Blair is lovely. in full drag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Like, can, can you not tell? Like, it, yeah. she, she's the moment. Very beautiful. 
Um, no one all right, now that that's over, let's get on to All Stars Five because <laughs> <laughs> it's really a fun season um, that really holds up and has a lot of twists. Lots of which can be traced back to India, Alexis, and Shay, which we are going to get back to later. But uh, let's go to the beginning, episode one. When you heard that there was this new rule change that you'd all have to vote. Did you come up with a set of agreed upon guidelines and how you were going to vote to follow the judges' critiques and avoid fan reaction? Or uh, were there certain queens that you knew you just couldn't vote for? What was the strategy? Let's be honest. Every single one of us want to say that there was not a strategy involved. There was a damn strategy. We're not dumb. We are not, not, not a single one of us are stupid and we're not going to like vote off our sisters and like be the villain or the bad guy that people want to point at us and be like, oh, well, like, you know, you voted for the best one to go home. So, you know, we, we see exactly what you're doing. We, we were going to vote for the person that we felt did the worst that week. That way you couldn't have that big bullseye and target on us. I don't think that any of us necessarily agreed on specific rules, but I think it was kind of the main goal between all of us and the main um thing we decided on of like how can we play this as safely and strategically as possible because we're all playing against one another but also we're all playing together at the same time so i think there wasn't like a specific said rules like hey you have to play this way but i think we are all on the same page of like i'm not trying to fuck this up but like also um i want to play as smart as i can i absolutely agree with that like there, there was there's no rule there's like it's a game you know sure it's a competition and we get really emotional because we all want to win because everybody wants to win in a competition. Um, but my goal was to be as fair in the competition and to give myself grace in the decisions that I made um, and to just play the game. I, I will say this though, and I, I don't know if people know this, I was never going to vote off Derek Barry. That was never going to, and I, and I know it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Cause everybody voted for Derek to go home. But and you voted for Mayhem. I, and I did, and I did, uh, because those were the only two choices that I had, right? But Derek has touched my drag life, like, since day one, you know? He he was somebody who was so kind to me when I first started right off of season two, and he was on America's Got Talent, so he, like, understood what touring was like, and he was so nice, and that left the biggest impression. So I knew that I was never going to vote Derek off. Mm. And maybe that was just me voting from my heart, like Alexis yeah. Mateo said. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. I mean, that's, yeah, you guys are, you know, there's relationships and, and there's there's history that goes into a season like this. So that, I mean, that's totally fair. To, to It's a game, but it's fair to bring your heart into it like that. Yeah. Were there any votes that you were particularly conflicted over or you almost went with someone else? I, I, yeah, I mean, like, I can't necessarily think 100% off the top of my head, like, maybe which week, but, that one time um, you voted for me. That time yeah, there were times where, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> the time, but the time yeah, you voted for me. Because, uh, because, you know, and, uh, yeah, I think, and I think you said, um, I need to vote for the person I know will forgive me. And I, the same mm-hmm. thing was in my mind. Yeah, I you know. Because, like, I love you. Yeah. Oh. You and I are a Blair line. I love you too. And that's, that's, and that's what I did. <laughs> Shut up. So. <laughs> got these blared lines. Also on that first episode, uh, poor Angina, her entrance look was incredible. And then we got to the reading challenge. 
and I just felt so bad for her. She was so freaked out and did not want to read. And I think we only ended up seeing two jokes from her. Can you remember if she, can you remember any other specific jokes she told or how that landed in the room? Oh my gosh, honestly, I don't even remember what I said. I think all of us were so nervous, you know? I, I, I What I can remember from the reading challenge is, Blair, do you remember Alexis Mateo was so nervous? She was shaking the whole time. And it, yes. it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my least favorite challenge. Mm-hmm. But you're so good at it. I know yeah, you both won. Yeah, you, you both won. won. Uh, we're... But you know what that you means, mean, yeah, Blair? Yeah, yeah. We're shady. <laughs> we, we're we shady. are shady queens. But um, yes, I, ma'am. I, I don't know. I actually think everybody had some pretty good reads. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so on that first episode, we also got the first real reveal of an alliance or some kind of voting plot when Mayhem agreed to save India if she was ever in her position. Did you really not hear anything that they had made this alliance until the very end? And what did you feel when you found out? I don't remember hearing them have any type of pact. It didn't surprise me necessarily afterward because I feel like you just got to do what you got to do, say what you got to say. But also like I could see them being friends and like when you're in that situation and environment, every one of you become friends because of like the shared journey that you're on. So like I get it. But it didn't necessarily surprise me, but not not surprise mm. me at the same time. Juju, mm. what about you? You're just you agree? I forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> was that when Ma'am uh, and India's pact was sort of revealed in the last episode? Was that the first time that you had heard about that? You didn't hear about it yes. before. No, it's right now no, the first didn't. time you heard it, about it, it. it is. Yeah, I think I think this is, and you know, it's it's so interesting because like y- you you would think that everybody would know what everything was said, but we're literally like we're in our own minds the whole time as well. So I had no idea that there was any discussion like that. I mean, like like Blair just said, it doesn't surprise me, you know, because you you do like everybody wants to get to the end and and. It's it's a it's a special thing to be a part of a competition like this anyway. But we just want to keep going and going and going. And the alliance doesn't surprise me. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's smart playing. Did either one of you have any secret alliances or packs that nobody picked up on that haven't been revealed? I I, I feel like Juju and I kind of had like an unsaid unshared. Yeah, I, I was just gonna I was just gonna say uh, like. Us two and Cracker and Shay yeah. kind of gave each other the eyes, but we never <laughs> spoke of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we did that thing. We did that thing. Never. And then for, we always found ourselves kind of placing ourselves with each other. But it was, I think it was really organic. It wasn't anything that was intentional, mm-hmm. even though like my mind, I was like trying to manifest whatever it was. Because I, I, I think. I think what it was at that point in time too was. I respect every single one of the sisters in the cast of All Stars 5 so very much. But I think at that point in time, in those few weeks that we filmed All Stars 5, during that specific point in all of our lives, I think we felt each other as maybe our strongest competitors Mm -hmm. at that point in time. And that is not to diminish anyone else's talent level whatsoever. But I think that we not only respected each other, but feared each other Mm -hmm. and wanted to keep each other close. 
and also wanted to make sure that we were all around each other at all times. We kind of were like scoping out what people were doing. So I think that inherently brought us together and we were kind of like, so I'm not going to vote for this girl because I don't want her to vote for me. I'm going to like keep her close and like keep mm-hmm. tabs on her and like what she's in her closet, what she's doing. But um, I think it did happen organically. So, so it worked. I mean, that's the top four right there was the, yeah. the unspoken mm-hmm. pact. So it worked. Um, yeah. Now on episode two, I mean, Cracker did shake the room by revealing that she felt Angina didn't believe in herself and that she would have used Whiteout to vote for her, even though she wasn't in the bottom. And she did later apologize for this. And it seemed really genuine. Uh, She seemed to really regret saying that. But it turns out that maybe she was actually right because Angina essentially tapped out on the same episode because she voted for herself. So I'm just wondering, did that sentiment that Angina was maybe not feeling the competition at that time did that extend beyond Cracker's feelings? Like, did everybody kind of talk about or sense that as a collective group beyond just Cracker? Let, let me put it this way. So from season two to the all-star five, so much has changed in the workroom and the competition mm-hmm. was just bigger and greater and harder, right? Yeah. And I think going in, all of us think we know what we're going to do, but sometimes things change and they don't go with how we think we're planning it out. And mm-hmm. um, I know that Blair and I were in a headspace where we we could tackle these these variables. And I don't I'm not sure that everybody had that same mindset. So it became like this emotional thing. And you know, as humans, I think we spiral when we get to a point where it feels uncomfortable because I know that there were moments that I wanted to do the same thing. Yeah, you know. But uh, Angina showed up to fight and compete and she looked mm-hmm. stunning, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, like, I don't, I don't think her intention was to tap out and I, I don't think that that's what she did, but I, I want to say that she probably saw that it was clear that she was going to end up in the bottom and um, wanted to be honorable to, to the other contestants. Right. Right. Well, that, I mean, and that's not to say that, you know, I mean, everybody knows how amazing Angina is. I mean, this is just a small part of Angina's story as an artist overall. So it's just, you know, it's a moment that happened. And I think, I don't think anybody holds that against Angina. It's it's a very relatable and understandable situation. So I don't think anybody is sitting here going, well, why did Angina do that? Like, I mean, it's understandable. Mm -hmm. We get it. Um, So, and this was also the episode where you guys sang songs about your celebrity crushes. I mean, Blair, we need to elaborate on this serial killer fetish that you apparently have. Um, Can you please explain your history with that? Oh, you know, I just like someone that's got a good mouth and that's like really messy and um, add a little touch of blood in there and find me up. (laughs) No, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, No, I, um, I really, we, when you're out of the pressure cooker, but there's like trying to think of something funny, I think everyone's initial reaction would be like, oh, Blair's going to pick the funny cute guy, like the Zac Efron type. And I was like, let's shock him and just do something like crazy, silly, funny, um, and deep and dark and sexy and why not? So it, it was just, it was just the right thing to do. It, and we had everyone, correct me if I'm wrong, Juju, but we had so much fun with, it was stressful as hell, but we had so much fun with that. Like that was just, yeah, was no, that was, a, that was a great, like, yeah, there were three teams, right? There were there were three teams, but I think all of us yeah. or four. Yeah. Were there four? Yeah. There were three, I think. I think there were three because there were nine people left. Three, yeah. three, yeah. three. And yeah. I think those challenges never feel like 
like they're a competition because we all just want to make the whole group look really great. And the set was fire. Like yeah. we all showed up and we, we were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We're actually doing this. I feel so great. Like it was just, it was cute. And it was a cute song. It was a yeah. I'm in love. And I think it's, it's on Dinah and a long wig. I loved it. I loved yes, it. A moment. A moment. <laughs> Love that. Juju B, have you ever slipped into John Stamos's DMs? Um, I'm waiting for him to <laughs> to slide into my DMs. Yeah. I'm waiting for him to fill my house. <laughs> I, th- I think it was more Amber speaking. I mean, I'm mm. not going to lie. Blame it on Amber, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I blame everything on Amber. She's like bad juju. <laughs> She's, I'm, I'm good juju. Like, I'm always good juju. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have, have either of you, let's say, Blair, have you ever slipped into a celebrity crush's DM? I don't think I have. Oh, my gosh. I, well, maybe. I know. I feel so boring serial now. killers on Instagram? We have to try <laughs> Oh, absolutely. That part. No, yeah, that part. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we have to go on a manhunt for uh, for serial killers on Instagram for Blair St. Clair. We're putting it out. Um, <laughs> putting it out there. Blair, Blair's most wanted. So there was this really upsetting narrative, I guess, of, of watching Cracker go through a lot of struggles this season, talking about really struggling to make friends and finding it difficult for people to connect with her and that she was afraid of getting close to people. Juju, we watched you have a your friendship blossom and it seems like you're mm-hmm. close to her now and you mm-hmm. still have a butterfly ring that she gave you. What's mm-hmm. uh what's what do you think the misunderstanding is about Cracker and what's your perspective on her struggle of friendship? Uh, I think well you know I I I was very nervous to meet Cracker because sometimes you, you just don't know how people are going to be. And um, I just, I, I thought that those walls were going to be up forever. Right. But I think as I got to know Cracker, I think Cracker um, rightfully so has guards up, um, but he's such a great person and he's funny and he has a lot of love to give. And I, I think every drag queen always has like, insecurities about the things that we do because I think we we critique ourselves the worst and on top of being a queen she's also a comedian and you know yeah. comedians always like find the funny in in the most painful places and I think that's just that's just what it is she's she's just human trying to be superhuman and and be fun and hopeful for people and um I loved that she showed that vulnerable side though I I, I think it's really nice to hear somebody who could be that loud and funny and, and, um, you know, almost in your face, be, be soft. Yeah. Um, another incredible queen, Juju, you finally had your first challenge win after three seasons of Drag Race. (laughs) How did that feel to finally win? Was it emotional? I mean, did I deserve it? Can I ask that question here? (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel that you did it? Um, I, I, if if it was up to the design of the room, I'm not sure that we won that because we didn't because because Blair and Mayhem won the room, right? So I, I it was emotional because I won, won, but it was because you you might not have had the greatest. I, I mean, room, I, but you had the shining personality and look. <laughs> yeah, I I was really happy. Um, Blair, I don't know if you remember that day. I was struggling. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going home. This is not it. Uh-huh. Nothing's going right. Like, 
it, it, I was doing that spiral thing that we all do. And yeah. that's why I was so emotional when RuPaul announced it. Um, because there was no expectation for me to actually win that challenge. I actually thought that I was going to be in the bottom and I, I, I had the fear of like not making it to the end (laughs) because it's, you know, that's what we want. Were you just struggling because you thought Mariah was just going to paint your whole wall pink? Is that what planted the seed for chaos? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, I just, I just, I just looked at our room compared to, the other rooms and I was like wow this is a dump truck of a mess but we're gonna sell this we're gonna sell this it's so funny that you say that too because I um well first of all I remember you having a hard day and I was like you have nothing to worry about Um, I remember thinking that so it's crazy how we can become our own Mm self-saboteur so quickly because when we're just looking at that but I had like the exact opposite reaction that you did about the rooms because I looked at it, all the rooms, I thought, all the rooms look good. But it, I know the challenge is about who can make RuPaul laugh on almost anything we do. It's right. not just Snatch Game. And I remember looking at our room and thinking, yeah, it looks great. I really hope we can sell the hell out of this, too. And we were the only group that had two people versus mm-hmm. three. And I kept asking, like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is this Because it was either, oh, we're really going to shine because there's just two of us. Or else we're really going to flop because there's just two of us. So, But it was all about the selling it, of, yeah. of it. Yeah, it's not it's not RuPaul's interior design race. No, although if that were to be a thing, call me because I would love. Judging by your salon, the interior of your salon, yes, you would win every Mm -hmm. single week on that. The interior of your salon is so cute. Um, So cute. Thank you. Now there was something insane going around online that I remember hearing about, particularly after this episode. People were saying throughout the whole season that they thought that the lip sync winners like that the the the, or the top queens of the week were throwing the lip sync so they wouldn't have to send somebody home (laughs) is that is that true in any capacity like would you really give up a ten thousand dollar tip no (laughs) would anybody give up ten thousand dollars do you know why i didn't win that lip sync i didn't win that lip sync because monet was better at the lip sync and she (laughs) knew the words I didn't. I, you know, there was, I'm sorry, y'all. I mean, $10,000 is $10,000. 50 cents is 50 cents. Right. You know, I'll take that 50 cents. You are not going to throw that lip sync. No, yeah, I, thought, I, mean, I thought that was insane. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I guess, I guess that's really loving kindness for people to think that I was actually that kind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's Amber talking again. That's Amber. <laughs> So we need to clear something else up. Blair, you were apparently plotting against Cracker out of nowhere. Where did where did that come from? It was kind of seemed like it was this random accusation thrown in the middle of the season. Girl, girl, Cracker crazy. <laughs> Who said that? Who did Cracker say that? She did yeah. say that. See, that was, that's what I'm saying, which is yeah. crazy. Um, no, if you what had happened was when <laughs> when. <laughs> Yes. When Cracker came on episode two said all those things about how she thought Angina should have been in the bottom two for episode one, she felt guilty about it afterward and came to me and said, hey, do you think that I should apologize to Angina? And I said, yeah, I mean, if you feel that way, then you should apologize to her, but make sure that you don't do it to save face. I said, only apologize if you really mean it. Otherwise, it's going to come across Mm -hmm. as fake. We had that kind of conversation off camera. 
And then um, she did not apologize to Angina. And she kind of threw me into the bus saying, well, Blair told me not to apologize. And Blair told me not to do this. And it just kind of created like this, like, basically, I'm going to throw Blair and her character under the bus type of thing. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I was trying to be a good yeah. friend. And then turned into, like, somehow they, we created tension and kind of distance between the two of us. Because I was like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Like, I'm just going to focus on me. And you just focus on you. And, like, that's just be it. So I never was, like, plotting against her by any means with anything. Because... I did think that Crepper was one of the best, the top competitors in the room. And I was wanting to get to the end to be with her and like have RuPaul make that decision of who she thought was the winner mm-hmm. of the show. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to plot them sending anybody home. I wasn't going to do right. me any good. And if anything, I was going to be more fulfilled to send somebody home based on merit versus, Oh yeah, I got that person out by cheating and, you know, being, um, undermining them like that is something mm-hmm. that was cool so there was no plot there but there was tension between the two of us we did talk about it we did kind of yeah. squash that and um you know the rest yeah. of the history. these yeah. are again these are things that just come up and that we can't imagine <laughs> what goes on on the set here and how much pressure it is for you guys so it's like things come out and but i think that there was i think cracker said something about alexis i think she said that it came from alexis or something that alexis had said that you were plotting against her it was, was that also involved in the, it, like that was also that moment or am I remembering? I, maybe I, I don't. I don't even remember. But I know that wasn't true. Yeah, I, don't yeah, remember I, th- any I think that was this. the twink sandwich moment. <laughs> oh yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Juju's twink sandwich. Oh, oh yeah. that's why I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> she was too distracted. Oh my gosh! You know, a lot happens, especially <laughs> especially when I'm in between two beautiful men. <laughs> I mean, let's, we, uh, this is the perfect opportunity to talk about when Blair was posting pictures with her mustache. I mean, everybody was losing their mind over that. I was like, who is this woman? Yes. (laughs) Thank you. She's she's on her way to pick up her kids. She's on her her way to pick up her dog from daycare. That's what's happening. (laughs) You know, on the next episode, Blair, I mean, you actually played Ellen for the first time in the boy drag GMZ portion. Um, was that your Ellen trial run? Is that what you were treating that as? Yeah, I had never done Snatch Game before. So I was like, I'm tra- testing those waters, man. Like, I'm, I'm just going to go for it. I will say that was the thing that I was the most nervous for going into All Stars and also the most nervous I was on set for anything. Um, but you just got to lay it out there and like what happens, happens. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Who who do you guys think was the tradiest of the boy drag with the Shemzi room? Oh, those Mayhem maybe. I was gonna say May. Oh May, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Blair, yeah, that's what I was saying when he played Ellen for the first time. Is when you were in boy. Oh, <laughs> I think my first snatch game. I was like, I was like, I was like, wow, thanks. I was doing the best I could, but like, okay. No. <laughs> no. Um, you, oh, that like when I used that wig. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the trial run. That was like I'm not a le- that's like the the, the 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 barrier, the long hair barrier of like I'm not yet a lesbian, but almost. Mm. Was that the, that was the same wig? Yeah, girl. Oh my, oh my god, Reci- it was recyclable queen. Yes, I recycle. <laughs> I don't think anybody else used a wig for boy GMC drag. It's called upcycle. It's called upcycling now. Upcycling. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. And then Juju and your snatch game was so genius. You took a risk playing a character that had already been played a couple of times before. How did you study for that? And did you come in with something prepared? 
I um, actually, I watched a whole bunch of Eartha Kit videos. Mm-hmm. And I remember her talking about like relationships and being in love with herself and wanting to share that love with somebody else. And I really loved that. And I just approached it like, I was just going to play a cat playing Eartha Kit and, you know, be extra stupid <laughs> and stay in character because like Blair, that was the, that was the most nerve wracking for me too. I, mm-hmm. those challenges are, you could go in feeling great. And then it, you know, and then it's like, ah, um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the snatch game is a really, really hard challenge. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. when people watch it back, they're like, oh, I, you know, the girls should do this, this, and this. And that's so easy to say, but when you're sitting there, sometimes mm-hmm. you for, you literally forget what you're going to say. Yeah. You just, was your, was your sensible 74, a, a one liner you came in with or just came up? No, with it, it, it just, <laughs> it, it just happened. And I, I thought that because it was so dumb that it was going to be like funny. Because it was just so stupid. Um, it was just dumb. <laughs> it's, I mean, anytime the number 74 comes up in just everyday life, I think of you, Jujubee. I mean, when I, the temperature in my house is 74, it is like you are ingrained in the Mine number 74. For the Mine life. is too. I wonder if it's a lucky number somewhere. I I, it now it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, that, you know, then you, you can't talk about All Stars 5 without talking about one of the biggest plot twists, I think, in Drag Race history, when India reveals to the challenge winner, Shay, in their elimination deliberation that Alexis and Mayhem were apparently conspiring to get people to vote to eliminate her a few weeks prior. It seems like it really deeply impacted Alexis. So what was it like watching her before and after that moment happened? Because she seemed to be, at the beginning of the season, like a bit harder, a bit more, you know, like, what's the right word? Like, sh- like, I don't want to say like sassier because I know what Alexis's personality is like, but she seemed to be a little bit more invested in like, you know, going back and forth with you guys. But then after that moment, it seemed like it really put her in maybe a darker place. Um, so what was that effect on her, like watching her before and after that moment? Well, it, it I think all, I think all of us k- kind of felt this. Um, it, it was a very... It, there were some awkward silences when, yeah. when the silences were there um, because I don't think any of us really thought that that was going to happen. No, I didn't know about it mm-hmm. and I'm still very confused about it. Even, even after the, everybody came back and talked about it, it was still really confusing. So I don't really know, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I, I do think that it did cause Alexis to question a lot of things and I think she handled it very well because you know she's yeah. a pageant queen and I think pageant queens handle um competition really well and um I think she still played the game beautifully yeah yeah no I don't think that her the quality of her work necessarily went down I just think emotionally it was it was interesting to see her it, it like it seemed like it really impacted her on an emotional level you know on the show and outside you could tell it was something that it was maybe gonna carry with her uh, now, now India has maintained, I mean, I did her, her exit interview and she maintained that Alexis was not telling the truth and that she was. So is there any bit of information that people 
don't know about this? Like, are we firmly in the camp of this didn't happen the way India said, or are there any other pieces that people don't know about? I don't know it either way. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, like, I wasn't there. Like, you know, I, mm. I, I don't even know, like, when it happened. So I yeah. don't know. I don't, were you there? I don't. Uh, okay, so I do have some insider tea. <gasps> I want to um, I don't really know how much of it's true, but I do know that they all kind of like called each other and was like, Hey, this is what was said. This is what was said. This is what's going on. They kind of got their like story straight. So that when they come back, we did like our, we, they all came to the finale. Everyone, no one was like shell shocked and like, Oh, I had no idea. You know, you said that like, Ooh, I can't believe it. And then I think everyone was just on, on the same page within whatever side was true. I don't really know it was true. I think that maybe both sides were somewhat true, whereas they missed, I think that maybe whoever was talking, um, I think it was misunderstood probably. Yeah. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. I don't think, because it doesn't make any sense how there's like this big conflict where there's no found out true side. I mm-hmm. feel like it was kind of like, oh, someone so said something about you. Was this true? And they're like, no girl, I don't know what you're talking about. And then we just kind of like got our story straight. That's my guess. I have no idea at this day. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it seems like. I think obviously, I mean, we weren't there. We, you, uh, you know, you guys were there, but I think what it seems like to me is that it probably Alexis maybe said like asked like, Oh, who did you vote for? Or did you vote for this person or whatever? But I don't think there was a, like a, well, you better vote for Shay because I voted for Shay. Like that's mm-hmm. what, the way India, I think, made it seem. But I don't, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think it, it probably went down that way. Um, maybe it was just India misinterpreting. I don't know. But it could have uh, been like you voted for Shay, right? Yeah, it could have been that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like, like that. I mean, that's how I fill my head with that. Whatever that was, I'm like, oh, maybe it's just like that. Yeah, and no, yeah. I totally, yeah, can see you that know. as well. It will go down as and one I of the great All Stars <laughs> mysteries alongside Mystery. BB's lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> um, Juju, I mean, you I'm had... going to see her this week. I'm going to ask her. Yes, <laughs> please we'll you let off. us know. She will not tell a damn soul. She yeah, said that we she tried. the lyrics of her song, and I'm like, where, girl, where? <laughs> She's like, if you play banjo backwards. <laughs> <laughs> play any time forward, so I get a penny from streaming services. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's genius, really. Um, Juju B, you had this really moving conversation with RuPaul in the workroom about the end of a long-term relationship and your mm. sobriety. And we saw mm-hmm. Ru really get emotional and personal mm-hmm. with her own journey. Did you make a conscious effort that you wanted to be open and vulnerable on the show? Mm-hmm. And what did that conversation with Ru mean to you? Well, I mean, I definitely, um, I've never been one to hide my emotions. I have been able to identify that my emotions aren't for every emotions, you know, and I, and I can acknowledge the feelings that I have, but, um, in the competition, you do feel every single feeling possible. And sometimes it changes every 30 seconds just because, you know, and in that moment, like I just really needed to share and, um, Rue was there And I was just really, I I was grateful to be able to talk to somebody who I I knew was going to understand. And um, after hearing Rue speak of, you know, the things that she went through and, and it was, it was just, I I think a a real loving moment, you know, and because we want to say that we know everything about RuPaul, but when Rue drops a little bit of information about RuPaul, we're like, oh, wow. 
Like, you know, and, and I thought it was really special. And, um, I just, I didn't mean to cry that day though. (laughs) I think every single one of us was crying, huh? (laughs) I think, I think that's what it was. Like I, you know, um, I, it, it just happened and it just happened. I was waiting for my hug though. And I never got one. Oh, <laughs> and I was we'll thinking back to Plastique. Up. I was like, Plastique got one of those hugs, <laughs> and you even told that bitch she was her mama. I'm like, what about me? What about Chinchibi? <laughs> oh no, Ginger! I just want to give you 19 million yes. hugs now. I'll give you a hug through the computer. Your your next all stars. You're getting that hug. <laughs> <Can you> imagine <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race Elite. like the the old edition (laughs) (laughs) um blair i think a lot of fans were really shocked that your looks were read by the judges at that after that picnic episode you came in to the competition so fashionable uh but i do have to mention on the pit stop bob kind of notoriously started to come after your looks and performances throughout the season i think she's tried to make it clear that it was in good fun on her end but can you speak about how you how you felt about that were you watching the pit stop at the time um so i don't watch any of those things like pit stop i don't watch um fashion photo review i don't think it's necessarily pertinent to my mental health to see other people criticize um you know what i do but like i did have a couple of friends reach out and they're like well girl what do you have again what's bob and you got going on like what what drama is there and you know everyone has their own opinion and that's what's awesome about drag it's like if Bob doesn't care for some of the things that I wore or doesn't care for some of my performances or whatever, that's, that's Bob's opinion. And like, I respect that, you know, I respect them having a different opinion than mine. I happen to be super proud of everything that I brought to wear to all stars. I happen to be super proud of everything that I did on all stars, whether someone thought that it was great or not. Um, you know, that's their opinion. And I can absolutely respect that and agree to disagree. But, um, it didn't hurt me personally necessarily. It didn't hurt my per- like um, when I, people were telling me like, oh, she said this about you and this about you. I'm like, you know, maybe this might sound a little like condescending, but you know, maybe Bob's having a hard time. Maybe Bob just needs a prayer or like some extra love. Like I don't know. Like maybe she's just taking it out on me. Like I don't. I don't. You don't know what you don't know. And right. I was just like, okay, cool. Well, um, all I know is that I think that I look fly and okay. that I had a great time yes. and laid it all on the stage and. If I ever did something like that again, whether it was Drag Race or whatever, um, I don't say this to be disrespectful, but I don't need Bob's approval. I, mm-hmm. I, I just need my own. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let me just say, I mean, that last look that you did for that picnic challenge, I love that. And I thought your hair was perfectly slicked. I don't think it needed to be changed at all. I think that that is a really great look. So I just need to- Thank you. <laughs> I, I wish they would have showed that. I, I, to- I basically would told Michelle that I thought she was crazy because I thought I looked great. Yeah, I you, was did like, look, you did look great. I was like, I think you're crazy. I, I, I like it. You look really I, you good. Know, like, I, I respect the critique. Absolutely respect you 100%. Um, did I agree? No, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of debate in the fandom recently and amongst other queens from the show uh, that other Rue girls, especially winners, should not go as hard against each other in critiques. Do you personally agree with that in general? Or is it different when someone's judging you who has been in your shoes? There's a difference between critiquing in good fun Mm -hmm. and critiquing in a holier than thou type of complex. Like, oh, I'm better than you. And I have what, you know, I have all the answers to the universe about all things drag. Drag is open to interpretation. 
And just because you don't like a certain type of something, performance, um, hair, makeup, clothing, whatever it may be, you are entitled to your own opinion because your voice is so important and should be heard. Mm -hmm. But there is a, a tact is so important. There is a way to describe and saying what you want and to let people know, by the way, we're sisters and I would tell her this to her face and I don't care for what she's wearing versus she looks terrible and horrible and I can't believe she would ever step out looking like that and she's awful and this and that and the other, that's judgmental. And, and, and you know, that's, there's, there is a difference and I think maybe we should make it more known of like, hey, this is out of good fun versus not. Yeah. You should be, what do you think? Honestly, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with everything that Blair said. Mm -hmm. I do think that there's, there is a way to say things, but also I know that Blair, you and I aren't hypersensitive, you know, because I, I mm -hmm. like, we have a sensitivity, but I think our sensitivities are, are with different things. Um, because girl, you always look fabulous. Come on. Like, <laughs> let's be real. Like, <laughs> Nobody could, nobody could touch your, your beauty, your hair, your looks, like, let's be real about that. So it's sometimes I, I don't know. I, I don't care if anybody's going to critique me, go ahead. Because I, I, for me, I like, I love my drag. I love that. I look like a drunk auntie. I love <laughs> that. I sometimes make these fashion choices that aren't beautiful, but I love it. And, and I think that's, that's the message that all of us Queens do. Cause we have, we, we have times where we look like, you know, our looks should be booted, but everything that I wear, I toot honey, because I'm wearing it and I, mm -hmm. and I choosing mm -hmm. to wear it, mm -hmm. you know, and it's the feeling that I have when I'm in drag. And, you know, we, we tell people this idea that like when, when we're in drag, we're these superheroes and we are. And if another superhero wants to be a villain, then she could do that. That's, that's her own process, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful answer. Now, um, getting back to the season, I think in the comedy challenge, I mean, that it was just, it was, the comedy challenge is always so interesting to watch every single season. I mean, Blair, you did really well in the prep. And I still think that actually some of your jokes that were on the air were really funny. Um, but what happened with you? We talked a little bit about this in your exit interview when I first talked to you, but what happened in that sort of translation from the page to the stage of, of that challenge uh, for you? The page and the stage, is that um, no pun intended? Oh, oh yeah. Well, no, okay, no. <laughs> yes, yes, now there's pun intended. I didn't realize I even did that. Yes. Um, no, honestly, so I love, I still stand behind. I love my jokes. I thought they were funny. Um, I thought that I had so much fun in the rehearsal. But it, ha it was the exact same thing that got sent me home on season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race, my original season. Mm -hmm. The moment mm -hmm. I stopped having fun and I had doubt in myself was the moment I went home. You know, I, I had, uh, I was sure of myself in the rehearsal and then I was nervous because that's something that I'm not known for is to be funny. And um, so I hid behind pages and I, you know, did not trust myself. And part of comedy is to trust yourself. You know, part of acting itself, acting is reacting and it's trusting yourself. And I didn't trust myself that day and I didn't have fun and I doubted myself and ergo I went home, you know, like that's exactly like watching it. I was like, and I knew that day I was going home. Like I knew I had the poorest performance. I knew that's what happened. And I was like, and I'm, I'm content with that because I brought that onto myself by allowing myself not to have fun in the moment. And I had fun in the rehearsal because it wasn't being, it wasn't a final moment. It was a rehearsal. It was a time to play and time to mess up. And, um, I wish I had, you know, treated that and 
the actual um, challenge itself. And I didn't and can't change it, but uh, I definitely would go back and I would not take that notebook up there. <laughs> was it like, do you think that it was maybe like the physicality of having the notebook with you that also contributed to maybe some of the nervousness on the stage? Oh yeah. And I also wore nails and you can't chain turn pages with nails either. So that That's also, right. yeah. that was that first page that I couldn't turn. I was like, I, it literally like my face went blank. I was like, yep, I just fucked this up, man. Like this is not going to go the way I want it to go. But, um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't go up there. It was, it was a crutch that I didn't need, but I used anyway. And it, to my detriment, mm-hmm. I'm like, ugh. So you could just see the memes, the memes in your head of like, <laughs> Oh yes. Oh yes. I mean, it was, I mean, I love that meme. I love it so much. I, you turning the page. I think it's, you know, it, it's better to be a meme, I guess. It's always right. good to be a meme. Yeah. Mm. A meme. Yes. I was just going to say that. It's a always meme-y. good to be a meme. <laughs> well, you know, we did get to learn a lot about you in that challenge, Blair. I mean, that you don't eat crusty ass. I mean, that is not something that people just reveal every single day. I bet no. you can be enjoyed that one not crusty ass but i do love to get eaten by serial killers <laughs> oh my so God. that that that's me that is blair st Clair in a rap and all stars five just always hungry always I hungry mean, amber really did possess blair on this podcast Judy B, you have yeah, <laughs> yeah she's hungry and thirsty <laughs> <laughs> oh, now then we come to the finale. I mean, Juju B, your your look was just so incredible. It had so many people talking. It was so beautiful, and you explained why it was so important to you. Um, it, it was just gorgeous. So, can you, you tell us again, maybe a little bit about the inspiration for that look and and how it came together? Uh, so, I uh, when I was a kid, I always wanted a look like this, and I had no idea why I wanted a look like this because drag wasn't in my world yet. Um, but I visualized something just like this. And as soon as this opportunity came up, I sketched something out and I sent it to the designer. And I said, this is literally this being that I always saw in my living room with, you know, we would, we would have photos of Buddha and my parents would be like, you know, that's, that's the enlightened one. And I never understood whether Buddha was male or female and it didn't matter to me, mm-hmm. you know, it's cause, cause the depictions were always like feminine, but masculine at the same time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I kind of live in that world, you know, like, um, because I, I'm a queen, but I also, I'm a feminine man and I'm boyish when I need to be or want to be. And I, I think that that's exactly why I did that. Cause it, it felt like I was the best version of myself at that moment in time. Mm. And I wanted to mm. convey that by wearing that. And I wanted to drag a long ass piece of fabric down the runway. <laughs> <laughs> it really was gorgeous. Um, Thank you. Now, Juju, I do also want to ask you, you know, I mean, I, I truly don't mean this to be shady. I am genuinely yes, curious because I really don't. I really don't. Um, I, I am somebody who is deeply, deeply invested in your trajectory as an artist and on this show. So I want to know how, for you, I mean, this was the third finale that you were on. I mean, I guess watching somebody else win for the third time, how does that affect you sort of emotionally as, uh, and as an artist? Um, honestly, I I was also rooting for not only myself, but I was rooting for Cracker. You know, I was rooting for you, Blair. I was rooting for Shay. 
So I, I think we actually, the four of us even said this, like any, any of us could win and we would be happy. I was so happy to see Shay's happiness and to see her win because this is how we did the finale, you know? And mm-hmm. in, in that space, I think all of us were emotionally drained from the confusion of this pandemic. Um, and I, I, was, I was here in my apartment with my two cats and my friend, Tony. So I, that, that was, that was what I had. I did cry. I went into my closet mm-hmm. and I cried for yeah. five minutes, but I didn't cry because I lost. I cried because it, it was such a ride. And I don't think any of us got to experience the, the highness of this ride because of, mm-hmm. of quarantine, Yeah, you know? And um, I, I know you understand this, Blair, like we put out music and we never, had the chance to like tour with it. And I, I, that's, that's still one of the, one of the resentments that I have, but like, there's nothing that any of us could have done. So I guess to not win for a third time, I I wasn't disappointed because I did what I wanted to do. And for me, that's doing every single challenge, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. That, that's, that's what it is. And seeing Rue again and like winning the rating challenge. Cause I'm so shady. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you both are very much appreciated too. Like, I mean, it's like, yes, like the crown does come with a certain prestige and I guess mm. a prize, but I mean, a hundred thousand dollars, Joey. I don't right, know what you're saying. Right. I guess. Well, minus taxes, <laughs> which is $60,000, honey. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's better than I guess a repeater badge. <laughs> but um well the I uk mean, queens get that yeah right, right. <laughs> um but i i think that you guys still do in a certain sense come away from every season being like it sounds cliche but like winners in a certain sense because I mean, people were talking about both of you so much throughout this whole season and the memes and and just it's like it, it really is interesting to see how celebrities are made in this fandom uh whether you win or not so yeah. Um, congratulations to both of you. Honestly, you both did a really fantastic job on this season. Thank you. Thank you, Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can't believe we got through this entire hour while pillow fighting. I mean, but you couldn't even hear it. Um, now listeners, if you didn't know, um, we, we were pillow fighting that whole time. Um, but thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, again, it was incredible seeing everything that you did on the show and after could you guys want to tease anything that you have coming up i mean you could stream you could stream jujubee's music anywhere now you know or mm-hmm. just go to my instagram and look at my cat pictures it's actually <laughs> online you can follow my cool. salon page at my at here by blair official on instagram yeah, uh, i'm nice. transitioning my love of both drag and doing hair into a full-time business of being a salon owner and stylist and also continuing my love and appreciation in our form of drag, but taking some, this, uh, you know, this quarantine has really given me time to really focus on loving myself and the person on the inside that gives you all the beautiful art on the outside. So this past year has been all about me and I plan on bringing some more um, love into the universe after having some good time focused on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really great watching both of you. Uh, it's flourish in this past year. Um, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. All right. Hello. 
Hello, dear listeners. Ahead, Jillian hit the All Stars 1 lip sync alarm and ousted me from the main stage to tackle a very special interview with Shea Coulee coming right up. Welcome back to EW's Binge Podcast. In a shocking turn of events, Joey's lipstick was chosen and he has been eliminated from this interview, which (laughs) embarrassingly I had to read about on SheMZ. But in the spirit of the legendary Courtney act, I have to ask, is this America's Next Top Model? Because I see a supermodel waiting in full beauty before us. Dear listeners, please welcome to the show the executor of the Grandria estate, the divine Shay Coulet. Hi, Shay. How are you? Hi, Jillian. How are you? What an amazing introduction. That was so awesome. Before we get started, you do have to clear one thing up for me that we've debated on this podcast endlessly. Yes. The character on 90210 was Andrea Zuckerman, but is it Grandria or Grandria? Okay, I was saying Grandria, but then the girls were telling me, they were like, it was um, Grandria, it's Andrea. And I was like, I don't remember that being the 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 tea. I was like, I know I was young when I was watching 90210, but you know, but I, I was, I just did as I was told. <laughs> well, I, I remember that there was, I recently watched a clip after, I think after season five, where mm-hmm. It was Andrea say, admitting that it was Andrea, but that she chose, chose. to say Andrea because yes. it was more interesting. So I yes. think we're all correct. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us today for a special reflection on All Stars 5, which yes. won and are still winning now a year into your iconic reign. <laughs> so we've already spoken about this very fun yet drama-filled season with Juju B and Blair St. Clair in their yes. own elegantly designed hotel suites and now i'm thrilled to be here in the golden girls room with you to break down some of your iconic moments and get to the bottom of some pressing things um speaking of which you entered in this amazing look and curiously it was reintroduced in the room design challenge so it's like Mm -hmm. the chicken and the egg scenario that a lot of fans clocked Mm -hmm. your pattern or the fabric they used Either you inspired them or they just miraculously happened to have the same fabric. What's the tea? Um, uh, I actually found that fabric um, for the challenge um, in my research for, you know, when we were looking for things. And it was funny because when I walked into the workroom, that that the fabric that I used for that entrance look um, was I had recycled that from an old drag con backdrop. And so oh. um Right. I look, I'm 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 an uh, ethical queen. I try and save, <laughs> you know, keep my like my my footprint down, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. Look, I was part of the Captain Planet generation. So um <laughs> when we were doing that challenge for the Golden Gals um in All Stars Five, when we were putting together the looks and we were doing the research, the that fabric just happened to pop up in a larger scale. And I was like, oh, well, that's perfect. <laughs> you know? Oh, so, yes. you know, we like to keep a, a, a through line going. And it is very similar to the wallpaper that Blanche had in her bedroom in um, mm-hmm. Golden Girls. So, you know, mm-hmm. a nice little uh, banana leaf against a little blush and bashful background. <laughs> Love that. Um, so. I think for a lot of viewers and some of the queens, 
All-Stars 5 really seemed like it was your game to lose. Did you feel that? And why do you think that was, if so? Um, you know what? Nothing is ever guaranteed to you in life. You know, you still need to really work hard and fight for it. And so um, I went into that experience fully ready to treat it as like a brand new um, day for me, a, a, a brand new beginning, even though, you know, we saw the ending that I had in season nine. I know that there was like a lot of anticipation about my return, but I just wanted to come mostly to just like have fun and entertain and inspire and just really try and see it all the way through to the end. And it was just really um, such a fulfilling feeling to be able to come out uh, as the winner. Yes, for sure. And we were thoroughly entertained by you. And we had um, we had Sasha Valore and Peppermint on our podcast recapping season nine. And we uh, were all ready to declare season nine is the all winner season <laughs> with just how stellar this top four was. And we're just ready for Peppermint to now claim her crown Absolutely. too. Absolutely. So in All-Stars 5, I think things appeared to us to be in the spirit of fun competition until Alexis and Mayhem revealed that they had voted for you to leave pretty early on. Could mm-hmm. you sense the dynamic start of the competition element start to change? Were you all sort of looking over your shoulders after that? Um, no, I I was definitely looking over my shoulder after that because it's just as you described it. It was just friendly competition up until that point. And so I had always said from the beginning of that experience that my strategy for voting was going to be based off of people's performance. And so um, it was wild to me that having just won the challenge the week previous, that um, they were really quick to try and vote me off so early on. And uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, it's very confronting to see that, especially when you're having such a good time with your cast members. You're just kind of like, oh, dang, girl. So after that point, you know, I definitely started to be a little bit more more cautious of my fellow competitors. Mm-hmm. It's when it finally starts to get real that, oh, maybe you're doing a little too well. Yeah. You're like, oh, they will absolutely take you out if they can. <laughs> yeah. So we can't talk about your best moments without talking about your lip syncs. They were really great, but there was this so much weird chatter in the fandom this season, theorizing that queens were throwing lip syncs for various reasons. Jujubee assured us that she did not throw a lip sync that fans mm-hmm. had gone after her about. And after you won your first lip sync against Alyssa, some fans were accusing her of throwing it. Were you offended by the insinuation that you hadn't rightfully slayed that? Because we all saw what you did. Oh, yeah. Well, this is actually my first time even hearing about that. Um, and honestly, uh, no, because I was there in person. I know that it was a battle. So, And I know... Uh, what it was like being there. And I know um, that, and I know that probably in their minds they were expecting because um, Alyssa Edwards is like the dancing diva mesquite uh, Texas. And, you know, she has her uh, dance studio that that would immediately um, put her above me because she has such a track record for um, iconic lip syncs. Um, but yeah, don't underestimate your girl, Shea Coulee. I um I worked for it and um, I had it and I have the $20,000 to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So sorry to be vulgar, but I do have to bring up the C word. Ross calling your chromatica butterfly look crafty. 
Yeah. Do you think the fans went too far going after him for that since his job is literally to judge you or were you happy to have them come to your defense because that was a pretty great look? Um, it's it's definitely like a catch-22 because uh, Ross was definitely uh, doing his job and um, being a judge. Uh, but I think sometimes uh, when it comes to like the viewership and me personally, as somebody who has... Um, been fortunate to have a background where I've had to have my work critiqued to my face and have a discussion about it. Um, <clears throat> I feel like people are really more um, open to uh, critiques that they feel um, are valid and can help the person that is receiving it um, grow or better themselves. And I don't feel like it was like one of those moments because also to imply somehow that um a, first of all, that was like a custom airbrush dripped in Preciosa stones. Like they don't sell Preciosa at the craft store, Roth. So, um, yeah, I was like, wrong choice of words. But also, um, I think it's because like the roots of drag are really um, in a do-it-yourself, a DIY kind of state of mind. And yes, with um, the growth of, of the show of Drag Race becoming... Um, this um, um, amazing, amazing cornerstone in uh, global pop culture. Um, we have obviously been afforded the abilities to uh, work with really cool fashion designers, have these like, you know, amazing opportunities, but drag fundamentally is not that, you know, it's like designers, like major fashion houses weren't out design, you know, designing drag queens decades ago. That wasn't something that was common. You know, it was, always kind of this grassroots replication of glamour because drag was like a reflection of what we wanted to see for ourselves because it is the fantasy, you know? It's only now that drag queens are actually starting to, you know, become these cool celebrities, um, you know? But it, it, it is different now and it's vastly changing. But I feel like um, in the realm of drag, when we're talking about other people's drag, to use the word crafty, you know, to um, kind of be something that is like a critique or bad, um, I could definitely see where that would make people feel a certain type of way. But that's actually like my uh, a, a fun um, inside joke between um, uh, Alexis Mateo and I, because uh, prior to that runway, she was just like, oh girl, this is stunning. You'll probably be in the top. And then after I got called crafty, literally um, anytime she sees me or like calls me on the phone, Alexis will be like, Shay Coulee, my favorite crafty queen. <laughs> <laughs> anytime she sees me now, that's our little inside joke. I love it. She always calls me her favorite crafty queen. <laughs> oh my God. Love it. Um, so one of my favorite uh, moments of yours was your snatch game as Flavor Flav. Just, I just gagged me that this choice of character one of the few straight male Snatch Game characters we've had while competing for a date with a man on Snatch Game <laughs> of Love. What made you go with this choice? It seems so risky in theory. Um, it like now looking back on it, I guess it seemed really risky in theory. And I remember like production being like, How are you going to like spin this? They're all like, like they were like, um, and I was like, No, I don't know. I just like I I I see it for myself because 
For me, in my mind, well, first of all, the the idea came from my uh, drag daughter, Bambi Banks. She was just all like, when I was trying to think of what to do for Snatch Game, she was like, you should do Flavor Flav. Because we were literally watching Flavor of Love season two. And I was just all like, oh my gosh. She was like, Flav is drag. Flav is drag. Like the exuberance, the character, the clothes, everything like that, the persona. And for me, like the way that I wanted to portray Flavor Flav is, you know, like, like, yeah, he has this like gangster rap past, but at the same time, like Flavor Flav is like the original hype man, you know, like Mm -hmm. Flavor Flav just knows how to like, kind of like build people up and like gas them up. And like, I feel like that's the Flav that I saw most in like watching like, uh, flavor of love and like the surreal life like Flav was always there to just kind of like get the party started have everyone be in a good mood like he was like that like fun uncle so that's basically the 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 vibe that I took for Flavor Flav was like Flavor Flav is just gonna be that fun uncle that's down for anything <laughs> mm-hmm. so now on to one of the most intense jaw-dropping moments of the season was this big reveal by India that you apparently had a whole army of queens plotting against you. She (laughs) said that Alexis and Mayhem approached her and told her that they were voting for you and urged her to do the same. So we have a lot to unpack here. The first question, this is not, this is not framed as a critique. I'm genuinely curious what was going through your mind of why did you choose to then take that information immediately from the private discussion with India to the larger group? Was it something, did you think that was beneficial or what was your reasoning for that? Absolutely. Because here's the thing, um, when you're given information like that and ultimately somebody is going home, you know, right before, you know, we're going to be deciding like who gets sent home. Um, something that I feel like, uh, involved so many people in the cast as she, um, alluded to, I needed to hear from them. I don't like, um, just like, I don't like hearsay. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I need to like, at least come back and like question it. And I feel like, okay, yes, you pulled me um, aside to have this private conversation, but was it a private conversation because you were trying to like um, spare my feelings or because you were trying to like do something covert? So I felt like I didn't have the time to like really like do some stealthy discovery of it. I just had to get right to the bottom of it. So that's why I just immediately took it back to the group. And also I'm just one of those people that's just all like, I I feel like, look, if it does look, I, I'm, I'm a pretty open book. So yeah, I feel, I just wanted everything that was going on with me in that moment to just be known so that everybody in the cast knew where I was mentally based on the decision that I might make following getting that information. Got it. So then you still chose India to go home after she told you about the alleged incident. Did you mm-hmm. contemplate actually saving her? Did you almost save her? What was going through your mind with that decision? I contemplated saving her. I actually, because um, her plan um, almost worked because I was so worked up, like in my emotions, because I was already doubting um, Alexis. And it's it's weird because it felt like um, in that moment, Alexis wasn't really giving me like a straight answer. And so mm-hmm. um I was really leaning towards picking Alexis's like lipstick. Like I had my hands on it, just like ready to do it. But I remembered 
what I told myself in the beginning of the competition that my strategy would be based off of performance. And at that time, Andy had the lowest performance. And I, though I, I was like, at the time, I was like, yeah, girl, thanks for this information. I'll take it from here. Um, unfortunately, it's still your time to go. Mm -hmm. So in India's exit interview with EW, she maintained that Alexis was not telling the truth. Uh, but when all the queens came back for before the finale, they seemed surprised to learn what happened. And Mayhem, who had previously been eliminated, said it did not happen the way India said it did. So there's still just so many sides to this story. Is there any bit of information that viewers didn't see or any other tea that you can share to clear any of this up of who's actually telling the truth? I mean, uh, for me, like, there was this weird moment where there was kind of like this resolve where... um India apologized to um, Alexis um, about the allegation because basically like the way that our conversation had concluded was that it had been a conversation that was like, like post the lipsticks actually being the votes being made. So yeah, it left us to believe that like India was more so kind of like rearranging the 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 circumstances and chain of events to make it look like it was a much more sinister plot. Mm -hmm. But so, so in your mind, it happened more the way Alexis and Mayhem explained that they had talked about it after the fact, and, yeah. and that India had asked, "Who did you vote for?" Yeah, exactly. Or they had and, asked India, "Who did you vote for?" Exactly. You know, more so than vote for her. Like they were asking, mm -hmm. like, did she do it? Because mm -hmm. that was like the like verbiage that was brought to me by India when she initially was just all like, yeah, they said, did you do it? And so I think she kind of took that open-ended question and kind of like made it seem to to be more so of a request. Mm -hmm. gotten, a, gotten a little time machine and went back and mm -hmm. rearranged time. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's important for people to hear are you okay with India, Mayhem, and Alexis after this? I'm assuming at least Alexis, because you have your little inside joke. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I'm good with Alexis. Um, I'm good with Mayhem. Um, India's not too pleased with me. Um, and because I had, you know, mentioned in an in interview kind of the, the, the chain of events, like ha as they went down. And unfortunately, I feel like a lot of times when those things get mentioned, um, people feel emboldened to then go and share their opinions with people on social media. So um, I think it, I would never, ever, ever, ever want to aim any type of like hate or vitriol towards any of my sisters. And I encourage people mm -hmm. to always keep their negative opinions um, to their themselves. But I do not, I, I don't hold it against uh, India. You know, people process things the way that they process them. And they're always, you know, they're entitled to their feelings because they're valid. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that. One of your your best looks and moments this season, you took the crown. And that's obviously the best moment, I think, for, <laughs> for you and all, a lot of us. Um, you took the crown. But after this amazing lip sync to Janelle Monet in a gorgeous blue dress that I know uh, Joey asked you in a previous interview with EW um, about it. And you swore at the time that the wig and the blue dress were not meant to be the polar opposite take on the style of red dress and wig that Sasha Velour wore on season nine finale. Mm -hmm. Do you still stand by that answer? 
I do. Was I really it do. No, it wasn't intentional at all. Like when you get towards the end of the competition, you know, it's just like first of all, you only have so much left. And I to me, I was just all like, okay. Um you know, you saw um, Miss Cracker and Jujubee had like dance performance costumes and I, they even showed in the workroom my inner struggle of like, do I wear a dance costume or do I just try and bust it out in this gown? And I was just like, this gown to me feels like something that you would see a winner in. And I originally with the gown had had a headpiece, a matching headpiece like commission that kind of looked like a beautiful like ice like iceberg but it didn't make it in time so at the last Mm. moment that wig was literally a wig that i commissioned prior to the to the competition and it was it was hadn't been used it was in perfect condition and i just like threw that on and just like went out there for it but now like when i see the fan art and like the side by sides of the two of us there is something kind of like beautifully poetic about it because here's the thing um uh, Sasha Valora is a cancer, you know, so crabs, they're red, you know, uh, so you have like this red kind of like fire energy. I don't know what her um, rising or moon are, but then you have me who's in Aquarius and then my rising and moon are both in Pisces. So it's just like this water kind of moment. So I feel like those looks are both kind of like indicative of like, just like our, our personalities as well. But it's really interesting poetically how, um, storyline wise that tied up, but I didn't really plan that. That's just one of, that was just like really honestly, just one of those like beautiful kind of poetic, happy accidents. Definitely. It really was poetic and kind of gave this, this closure to a, a theme that had come up in your story that you were struggling with carrying a lot of trauma after the season nine finale and fans mm-hmm. taunting you with roses. Mm-hmm. Had you spoken to Sasha about how affected you were by that at the time? Um, you know, it's funny because a lot of times the, when those things happened, like we were actually at gigs working them together and mm. it, I could tell, well, what it seemed like for me was that Sasha was being put in a really uncomfortable position in which one of her most successful moments was being used as a tool to taunt her friend by her fans that love and adore her. And it's like, what do you really do in that situation, you know, besides just like try and be as diplomatic as possible, which she always just like was so diplomatic, you know, she was still just like, you know, really kind to her fans, but I could see how it made her feel, you know, so conflicted. And I always just wanted to be like a good sport about it too, because I didn't want her to feel, it it was just really awkward because they would put us, you know, like, you know, and I know that the fans mean well, but it would really put us in this weird like situation, you know? Um, But yeah, no, honestly, I I feel like Sasha just like really did, always did her best to just try and um, maneuver it in a way that she felt was just like really uh, respectful to everybody involved. Yeah. So, I know we've been in quarantine and you haven't really had the chance to be out there performing much, but do you think with this win, you'll finally be able to put that, get some closure on the situation and make peace with that? Um, I mean, I have already made peace with it. Um, and I had to do that before I even went, um, to do all stars five. I was already like at peace with it. And I think that that was something that really showed within the competition was that, um, my desire was like less 
so much like for a redemption um, for like that moment in Drag Race history. But it was more so for me to go and show a more fully realized version of myself and the queen that walked away with the crown in All Stars 5 was so much just like better than the queen that had the potential of taking it in season nine. So I I, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, timing is everything and I feel that it's really divine. So I always allow the universe to do its work. Yeah. So aside from hearing your name as the winner, do you have a favorite moment of the season, either in in front of the cameras or behind the scenes? Um, but, <laughs> I think, honestly, one thing that I love, uh, well, obvi- I think, honestly, winning that lip sync against Alyssa Edwards um, and then also the lip sync against uh, Vanessa Vanji, um, being able to like go and make some cute coins just by lip syncing, which is something that I just love to do was really fantastic. But then also, um, I really do like the, the memories that I have most f- from like season nine and all stars five were all the like the behind the scenes uh, moments like it really is like a family um here you know because you're, you're you're away from your support system you're filming for like long um periods of time and and just like the people that are there like behind the scenes like working to help facilitate it it's just like such a fun project to work on and everybody you know comes to work in such like a good mood and like it is like the ultimate workplace environment that you would want to be in. Um, so yeah, there are just like so many that I I I can't even I, I would probably say, um, oh, there was one time where we all got to like as a cast and it was like a, a like just like I, I wanna say it was like the top four, me, um, Juju Cracker and Blair, where we got to like have a little like hot tub and like rosé party um, at the hotel. And then um, um, one of our cast coordinators went out and got us like Krispy Kreme donuts. And we were just like laughing and kicking and like eating these little Krispy Kremes and drinking our glasses of rosé at the hotel hot tub while some like some older um, gentleman was like really just like feeling so entertained by like what he was like trying to ask us all the questions about ourselves. And we were like, sir, we're trying to have a private party over here. Leave us alone. (laughs) (laughs) now that is the untucked that i think we really (laughs) love to see yes Krispy cream and hot tubs like that's what people want to see (laughs) yes okay i think that will do it for our time shay's modeling agent has silently stormed the frame begging for her to cut us and looking at my h&m clothes um so thank you thank you so much for joining me today shay it's it's a pleasure everyone please make sure to listen to shay's want to be on top podcast and keep a lookout for all of the exciting things she's doing is there anything else that you have coming up that you'd like to plug Yes, I have a brand new product that's out right now. Um, It is my Shea Butter Based Soap. Um, The bar is 100K. That's the name of my soap. I partnered with uh, Quiet Girl Soaps, which is a Black female-owned and operated business um, in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. It is an amazing, amazing, um, all-organic, no-palm-oil-used shea butter-based soap with uh, patchouli, neroli, ylang-ylang, and jojoba beads. It is super lovely. So if you want to wash up, with 100k go and get yourself a bar now 
love that. I'm running (laughs) right now. Thank you again so much for joining us. Until next time, we are going to sashay Coulee away. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Julia. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, Jillian, it's just you, me, and the threat of Rosamund Pike coming to take custody of us as we sit here with Jane Krakowski in the old folks' home. Have you not only survived, but thrived? I have a lot better than Grandria over there. R.I.P. to a real one. Oh, R.I.P. Grandria. Do you know? Okay, confession. I was pronounced it Grandria for the longest time, not Grandria. Well, we had this discussion during season... nine when I reminded everybody that the character on 90210 was pronounced Andrea so technically it should be Grandria but I refuse so I was right oh my god I mean I will never concede that but (laughs) well I mean one thing that we can both agree on Jane Krakowski was so lovely she was sitting next to us just intently listening this whole time what a guest But unfortunately, we don't have time for her, do we, Carly, producer, Muse? We don't. My batteries are dying, so we got to wrap this up. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, as always, to the lovely queens who joined us today, Juju B and Blair St. Clair. Thank you to everyone for joining us, dear, cherished, and iconic listeners for sticking with us. We said what we said. Good night, and we will see you soon. There's weather. Fierce. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. Fierce. There's weather. Ooh. There's weather. Fierce. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh.